0: Tonight, yet another staggering heatwave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo heatwave powered by the fantasy football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days brought to you by the Roto team. Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days doing it Brodo style and discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. Today, we stay in the AFC West and we look at the Las Vegas. (coughs) It's not even ra- It's not even the word Raiders. It's real house. It's just ra and then blargus glargs. Glar- but you know um, exactly host- what we mean. I am your host, Tim Petropoulos, with my brothers and the most annoying people on the earth. Jason and Mike Petropolis, and of course, the man himself, uh Santiago Casanova. Before we get started. We want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season. And it's absolutely free, but only for a limited time. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, which is basically a fantasy player profile, but a really cool way with looks like a card you have to check it out and it's free uh the hooter to draft tool player comps podcast consistency charts game logs coaching tendencies articles rankings waivers advanced statistics including exclusive statistics like true throw value true target value true performance value rushing yards over expected and points per opportunity excluding touchdowns it is free for a limited time and that is thanks to our patrons over at Patreon.com slash Fantasy. They are the ones funding this operation. And if you want to be part of it, if you want to help us expand, we would really appreciate it. Please join now to support the show and the app. But most importantly, do it to join the community on our Discord, to play in the leagues with the Brodo Bros, to get an extra podcast per week, the Waiver Podcast, private team consultations, free giveaways, and so much more. Check us out, patreon.com slash Fantasy, And as always, the Broto Hub, BrotoFantasy.com is where you can find all things Brodo. So let's get to the rock. He uh, did it. Woo.
1: <laughs> Las Vegas, baby. The, the Raiders. Oh,
0: One of the most surprising things, you know, when you like, although this year was a little different, I didn't really have an opportunity to like forget completely about football, but sometimes you're like, you go through some time and you know, the football season, it's, it's, it's low key. So you forget some things. When I saw that the Raiders were 10th in the league in offense this year, the fourth year under John Gruden and Greg Olson, the the, the same team, they're bringing them back. It, it, it shocked me. It took me it took me by surprise. And when I mentioned that before we started this, and by the way, they ran the ball. Um they I'm sorry, they passed the ball fifty-four point five percent of the time uh last year. So right standard, right in the middle of the league. Uh Cass said something. He said right off the bat, they're a regression candidate. Cass, why do you think that? Because I think that this like the stench of just being a raider um makes you makes me think that right off the bat, and also their offensive line. What is what is your reasoning?
2: Uh, I mean, one of the flukiest parts of football is uh, touchdowns. That's just a fact. So total points year to year are not the best metric to keep. And when you say they were 10th in points, but you can clearly see with your eyes that we're not the 10th best team in the league, that means that they outperformed what they should have. So if we look at some power rankings or over-under totals for wins, people in Vegas have been ranked like 20th with seven wins. So that means that their offense is more likely to score the 20th, give or take points. So the fact that they had 10 points means that our weapons were probably overvalued last year.
0: All right. Let's get to those weapons because one of the, this, this, this team screams overvalued to me. Um, I don't know which one of us was assigned running backs. I'm going to look at that right now on our spreadsheet. Oh, there it is. Um, but I'm going to have a lot to say. About Way to give away our secret, well, uh, Jason. Um, but uh, that was a secret. I mean, it's kind of this is how we have everything. It's a joke, dude. Obviously, we need oh. some type of organization. <laughs> we are organized here, yo. But I'm not wearing a shirt. Never forget. Um, listen, let's start with the quarterback, though, because like we say, this all starts with quarterback. Derek Carr. He kind of had a decent year last year. John Gruden, who was supposed to be this quarterback whisperer, whispered sweet nothings into Derek Carr's ear, and he got a good season at Derek Carr despite weapons that you wouldn't consider top-notch. Now all of the weapons kind of turn over. They're handing the keys to their young guys. They have three starters on their offensive line, two guys who were absolute stars in this league, by the way, particularly the center, Senator Rodney Hudson, absolute star they're losing them. So you have a team that seemed like they were kind of on the rise last year in the Raiders. Then their window which may have been open oh, shut completely closed. And now they're kind of like on the decline in terms of talent it looks like. What does this mean for Derek Carr or are these young weapons going to
1: help him? What do you think? Look, Derek Carr has been low-key efficient over these last couple seasons he was 13th in true true throw value uh, and 12th in true throw value the last couple years but like you said Tim they were 10th in offense last season do we see that repeating this offense is just not explosive enough and Carr doesn't have enough of a rushing ability like he's no Lamar Jackson he's not even a Ryan Tannehill with his legs right He does not have the ability to ascend to a top-tier QB ranking. He ended 14th in pass attempts each of the last two years. It's a middle-of-the-pack passing team under John Gruden. He was a 14th overall QB in scoring last season, and you see that, you're like, oh, okay, he was right on the fence there, but he was 20th in points per game. The same coaching staff this year, largely the same offense, the only additions being Kenyon Drake and John Brown. He is a fine QB2 in Superflex leagues or in two QB leagues. He had six QB1 performances last season, so there is some streaming appeal in the right matchups. There is just no overall ceiling for this guy, and he also had several games where if you started him, you were just scratching your head and you were very pissed about it. That's just how this offense operates. There's going to be games where Josh Jacobs rushes in a couple touchdowns, and Derek Carr is going to end with 270 passing yards and it's going to be a nice game for him and his stats, but it's going to be terrible for fantasy. And it's just, that's how that offense operates. And literally I don't see a single way possible where Derek Carr ascends into like a top 10 fantasy option. I just don't see it.
0: One of the ways it would be possible is if his wide receivers end up working out right uh, last year's stacked wide receiver class that produced Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, who looks like he's ready to break out, and a few more guys. Also, the first pick in that draft was Henry Ruggs. Not exactly the rookie year they were looking for, but now he takes the reins as what looks like to be the number one receiver. Brian Edwards, who was everyone's favorite guy around this time last year, like, oh, oh look for Brian Edwards, look for Brian Edwards. He projects to be a starter and in camp, he's been playing over John Brown, who is a pretty good receiver in his own right. These, these, this trio of receivers is hard to rank for me personally, because I don't want to bank on, on a breakout, but I also know that Henry Ruggs has the ability to break out. Derek Carr is a good deep ball thrower. Brian Edwards is a, is a athletic freak he has an ability to, to break out, right? So how are you seeing this, Cass?
2: Honestly, yeah, you're right. The Vegas wide receiver one is always going to be Darren Waller. while well, he's still available and healthy. But other than that, you can, I think Henry Rooks is being undervalued right now. He's being ranked. Uh, he's being drafted as a wide receiver 53 for oh. sleeper ADP. And there's not 50 wide receivers that are going to finish better than him in fantasy. So he, right now he's undervalued. I have him ranked around 30, 35, I think, mm. which is not great. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, last season was terrible for him. But I, I think if you need some depth, why, Henry Brooks is not terrible. I'm not falling for Brian Edwards, though. I uh, really don't like him.
0: He kind of plays the same role as, as Darren Waller. I think if Waller wasn't there, then a guy like Brian Edwards would be more valuable because you would be like, oh, he's that big body athletic dude who can do it all in the red zone, but you already have that guy in Darren Waller and you're not going to go away from Darren Waller because he's such a beast. Speaking of the beast that is Darren Waller, Michael, let's get to the number one receiver on this team and that is Darren Waller. Um, Not only was he great last year, he was like remarkably consistent, um, particularly at the end of the year. He only really busted out, he only really busted twice, which is eh, you could say three times week one he was tight end 16. Tight end 16 is 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 horrible. But so three times he didn't he really, really like shit the bed for your team. Considering the six thousand times other tight ends shit the bed, this guy was the biggest positional advantage besides Travis Kelsey, uh that you had do you anticipate him doing the same thing this year, Mike?
1: Yeah. Um real quick, I just want to add in um, regarding the wide receivers, shout out to uh, Drew Osinchuk, who we've had on the podcast before, the DF Bean counter. He talks about rookie wide receivers and how if they, if they call he calls them face planters, if they face plant in year one, the odds that they turn their career around after that is pretty damn low. And that was the Raiders wide receivers last year in Rugs and Edwards, both had atrocious rookie seasons. So I'm not like, I'm really not actively targeting either of them. And the reason for that, I do think Cass is ranking Rugs higher than I expected. I'm not gonna have Rugs that highly ranked. Um, the reason I don't see either of them being super relevant from on a consistent fantasy basis is because of Darren Waller, who was an absolute animal last season. He turned 135 targets into 98 receptions, 1,079 yards, and eight touchdowns. He was top six. He was a top six tight end in ten of 15 games. His Broto player card, I tweeted it because it was just so ridiculously beautifully red. And the red means that he was top 10 in a category. And that the whole back of his card is red and it's just beautiful. He should continue to be the target hog for Derek Carr. And he was highly efficient and highly effective in that role last season. Evidenced by the tremendous season that he had. Was 4th in catch percentage among tight ends despite seeing so many targets. And even some forced targets from Derek Carr. Was far and away the second overall tight end. The only one even remotely close to Kelsey. And TJ Hawkinson was over 60 points behind him. Who ended as a tight end three. I think Darren Waller is a great second round pick. Um, there were some concerns about an injury that's going on. and That he's not practicing. Turns out it's just a small ankle thing that the Raiders are saying. And he's working out on the side. And he should be perfectly fine to go uh, once the season comes around. So I'm not too worried about that. It does scare me a little bit just because, like I said in the previous pod, the previous Heat Wave pod about the Chiefs when we were talking about DeAndre Swift and the uh, how it was saying it's, it's more difficult drafting an injured player. It would be nice to see Waller get on the field um, during the next preseason game or to just start running some routes during practice to see that he's actually ready to go. But either way, I think he's a tremendous second-round pick because him and Kelsey just give you such a great advantage at the tight end position. And I do not see that changing this year after that breakout tremendous performance from Waller last year.
0: All right. Now that we've gone with the good, I'm going to go with the bad. I don't know if I'm a scorned lover. Tim's favorite guy, tackle. baby. See, I don't, cause last year I was, I was tooting the Josh Jacobs horn. And that's because if you look at his rookie tape, Woody,
1: toot, toot.
0: the dude was this explosive. He would break the first tackle and then he would burst and I was like wow this guy really has the opportunity to be really really good and then he really shit the bed last year and everyone's looking at him like yeah he finished what running back 8 I, I, you know kind of my brand has been shitting on Josh Jacobs at certain points this this summer that's how much he hurt me last year but you know I have been I've been telling people like that it, it, it doesn't matter okay I, I rode the Josh Jacobs train Last year, it was either two touchdown games or you were disappointed. And for a guy who led the league in red zone touches, he was extremely inefficient. Jason, I'm sorry. I know you, you, you're you supposed to be talking about Jacobs, but I'm going to go for one second. His TDs were his saving grace. He had 12 of them. But as you guys know, TDs are the hardest factor to predict year over year in fantasy pro- football. If you remove the TDs from their equation, which is on the app, one of the Broto-exclusive stats made by Casanova himself. Jacobs had .448 uh, points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. That was 67th in the league of 78 people ranked. That's really bad. While he produced negative 1.6 fantasy points over expected, that ranked him 114th. You want to go to just regular stats? 3.6 yards per carry was 82nd in the NFL. He only had four big plays total. That's catching the ball and running the ball. Four big plays. That's 20 yards or more total on the entire season. Four. That's tied for 36 in the NFL with his teammate, Devontae Booker. Tied for 36 in the NFL, Devontae Booker also had four. Except Devontae Booker had about one-third of the opportunities that Josh Jacobs had. In fact, in the 296 times Josh Jacobs touched the ball last season, he recorded exactly zero plays over 30 yards. Zero. Zero plays over 30 yards. And now they bring in a back and they pay him the exact same money they're paying Josh Jacobs. A back that, by the way, was fifth in the NFL in red zone touches last year. And Jacobs was the most inefficient running back to finish with the most touches in the, in the red zone since 2017. Wildly inefficient in the red zone. They didn't turn them into touchdowns. So they brought in a guy who was fifth in red zone touches. They brought He can't catch the ball. Josh Jacobs did nothing with his pass catching work. They brought in a guy who could do pass catching in Kenyon Drake, and they paid him the exact same money. There is no reason to believe that this is not going to be a split backfield 1,000%. There is no reason to believe that this is not a 50-50 split, and there's no reason to assume that Kenyon Drake is going to be the third down back slash pass catcher and that Josh Jacobs is going to be some sort of two down back. There is no reason to assume that. Those assumptions are being made by people who did not pay attention to what Kenyon Drake was last year. Kenyon Drake was a two, was a first and second down back last year. He was a red zone back last year. You don't bring back a guy who does that on a team where your running back struggles to not use him in that manner. It's one of the one of the more irresponsible things that people are doing right now in fantasy circles is assuming that Josh Jacobs is going to be the RB1 to Kenyon Drake's RB2. It's not it's not an assumption that is smart. It's just it's it's not. There's no reason to believe that it won't be a 50-50 split down the middle. Jason, what do you think?
1: Fuck you mean what do I think? <laughs> what do you, you think? Th- I I agree. I what, what am I gonna add to that? You took every stat in the book. You basically just went through the Broto app and said everything you could. Job well I wrote, done. I
0: wrote an article on it, man. Job well
1: about- done. I'm a little salty because you didn't just say Hey, Jason, I'll do Raiders running backs. Don't worry. But, uh, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, look, do, I mean,
0: I'm really low on Josh Jacobs. I think that there's an opp- there's an opportunity that Kenyon Drake outscores him. Now, that is – I have them very close to my rankings. I am way low on, on expert cons- consensus. Are, are, are Is there any of you guys that do see a world where Josh Jacobs is a fantasy usable player, especially because he's going in, like, the fourth round? Oh,
1: fantasy usable is a different story than bad pick at ADP. Yeah. Is it still a team – I mean, this is still a guy who had 12 touchdowns last year. Still a team that's going to use their running backs. I honestly think that we see Darren, Darren Waller's going to be the number one off option on that offense. But this isn't a team with a lot of killers around Darren Waller. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake are options two and three in that offense. And I don't just mean through the air. Just in general. Like, Darren Waller's going to be the main cog. Josh Jacobs is going to have most of the rushes. And then Kenyon Drake's going to have rushes and p- catches. Like, I honestly could see an offense where I runs through all three of them. Josh Jacobs doesn't have the upside that he used to. I mean, typically you hear 23-year-old running back ends top 12. The next year he's not going 17th off the board. But like you said, it was just based off of volume, and now they brought in Kenyon Drake. So he's going to be usable. Maybe he won't be the most exciting RB2. I'd be happier if you had him in your flex spot. But I wouldn't call him a waste of a roster spot or anything like that. Yeah, me either. He's definitely going to have his usable games where he scores touchdowns and breaks 100 yards rushing. You're just going to have to deal with the fact that you're never going to know when that's going to happen. And sure, one week he may get you 100 yards and two touchdowns, and you'll be like, let's go, Josh Jacobs won my week. But don't complain when he then gets you 18 rushes for 45 yards and no touchdowns with one catch for eight yards. And he ends as the RB 49, seven different weeks because it's going to happen. Do you know what's wild,
0: bro? How like when people, when people look at year end finishes, it could be so like you have to download the, oh, I'm sorry about that. You have to download the Broto app. You have to, because there's a, a feature we just added game logs, which when you look at a game log on like a regular app, it's just stats. These game logs show you the fantasy finish of that week as well. You don't have to, like, do that, which, Cass. One day, Cass woke up and was like, hey, guys, I got a surprise. And this was on the app. And we were like, holy shit, let's fucking go. Um, and if you look at Josh Jacobs, he finishes RB9 uh, in what I have here, RB8 in some circles. Here's his finishes: RB1, week one, three touchdowns. Then 24, 30, 29. RB5, multiple touchdowns, 40, 20, RB11. You know, half PPR. I mean, PPR, 13.8 points QB11. Two touchdowns, RB2 in week 10. Then RB17, RB42, RB25, RB13, RB41. Literally, his only useful games were the ones where he was scoring multiple touchdowns. And because he scored so many touchdowns in just those games, he's the RB9. And this nine. Did you hear what I just said? From week 11 to week 16, his best finish was 17. Ugh, gross. And now they have someone, now they have another guy who does what he does better than him. And they're paying him the exact same amount of money. Yahtzee. I You can't pay me to have Josh Jacobs on a team that's not a dynasty team this year. I'm going to be forced to have him on Dynasty teams this year because I fucking drafted him everywhere last year cuz I can like an idiot.
1: Not for nothing, me, and Jason tried warning you.
0: You did. Just want to throw that out there. You did. I'm going to be I'm going to have an uh, I have an irrational love for another running back in the same kind of draft area that he was in last year. Um that uh that's pretty irrational too. I wonder it's if Antonio you Antonio Gibson. To talk to me. It, it is Antonio Gibson, yeah. I'm trying to keep this a secret from you though because we're about to have our draft. You, I don't want Michael to s- snipe you told
1: me. me, and I said, I know it's Antonio Gibson. You said, I'm not telling you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. That's why I decided to uh, That's why I decided to just say it. Um. Anyway, did I, did I forget anything on this team? Does anyone want to mention anyone else? One injury away? away. Yeah. One injury away. I think Kenyon Drake is one injury away. Uh, for obvious yeah, uh, reasons. Get for the for fuck sure. out of here, Josh Jacobs. Um. Jason, Michael.
1: You know my answer. What is I it? I don't know. You know <laughs> I don't know the reason. That was a joke. I want to see if any of you actually <laughs> knew it, because it's Foster it's Moreau. Brown? Oh, they're oh, gonna go Foster. Brown. You like John Brown though. I like John Brown. I don't think he's an injury away. I think I I don't care about first game depth charts that much. I think John Brown's good enough to get on the field with the Raiders. I like him as a late round dart mm. throw. But my injury away is Foster Moreau because Derek Carr sucks and bad quarterbacks throw to the tight end. Give me some Foster Moreau as well. Yeah, I, I I'm called him. I called him scoring a touchdown last year a couple times. He uh, he had some red zone work, and he's he's an authentic guy. So if something were to happen to Waller, I do expect, obviously not of the same caliber of, as Darren Waller, but I do expect him to sort of step into that role and get a decent amount of targets. Fosters,
0: Australian for touchdowns. Hey-o. Liars,
1: I can play.
0: We almost made it without the dumbass noises. Can you give me your best one, Cass? Oh God! No,
1: <laughs> that's why. I fuck. With ah, Cass. see, Cass doesn't oh, do anything that's uh, that's silly. Cass is a serious, mathematical-minded man. Cass, Cass kept calling Kansas
0: City, Kansas. Last last, that I I I was laughing so. <laughs> me, hard.
1: me and Tim chuckled a little bit. We yeah. looked at each other and chuckled. I didn't even realize because, that. That's funny. Because
0: Kansas City is actually in Missouri, not Kansas. But there is a Kansas City in Kansas. I mean, which is, I knew Which that. is strange.
2: Keep it in
1: short. <laughs> Cass gets the. Oh doesn't live in the united states uh, yeah exactly on that one <laughs>
0: um jason where can they find you at brodo
1: ff jason Cass, Cass. excuse brodo me FF <laughs> I, I did that on purpose to see what
0: happens.
2: <laughs> Cass, go ahead fuck michael brodo casanova go ahead now <laughs> At Brotoff mike you can find me at brodo
0: ff tim see what we did there uh brodo the fantasy football by brodo app just google brodo and 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 just like that, everything Broto is us. It's crazy how we did that. We're, we're a real-life company. Goo. Thanks, everyone.
1: Peace. Since I'm the one that clicks this, um, I just want to say... <laughs> I could do this all day. You guys have Shut no up. control. Shut
0: up. Heat wave.